BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Doing that, I was face to face with it. It was holding me by my throat. And it felt like it was sucking something out of me. I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. I turned and looked on my right side. When I did, there's, there's a beam on the side of the tree a large thing. It's looking at me and I'm looking at it. After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me. That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth, be able to speak in people's languages, and at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of the context of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people can't run through the woods like that. So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy-looking being. back to the show. I am your host, Eric Salagi. If you've had an uncomfortable experience and you'd like to have it featured on the show, please get a hold of me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. The world wants to hear your experiences. They want to hear your story. So please get a hold of me and let's get yours on a future episode of Uncomfortable. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, both at Uncomfortable Podcast 65 and please remember to leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you can. That is the main way, the best way that you can help get this show out in front of more people. And with more people listening, that means more people coming forward with their experiences like tonight's guest. If you're interested in helping support the show, head over to patreon.com slash uncomfortablepodcast770 and check out the three different levels we have there. See if anything appeals to you. 
Or if a standalone support is more to your liking, you can do that as well through Red Circle. The links for both will be in the show notes below. If you've joined me at either of the previous Bigfoot and Brews events, it may interest you to know that we have locked down September 14th, 2024 as the date for the next event. Again, being held within the wonderful confines of Sister Lakes Brewing Company in Dwajak, Michigan, there's been some discussion lately about the possibility of opening this event up to some additional topics that you hear throughout the episodes of Uncomfortable. Tentatively, the new working title for the event will be Bigfoot and Brews and Spirits 2. As far as speakers go, I have already been in talks with Amy Boo, who you would recognize from a few episodes back. She is part of the Olympic Project and Project Zoo Book in Ohio. A very good speaker on the topic of Bigfoot. And then fan favorite Archbishop Christina Rake has agreed to speak. There are a number of other speakers I am in talks with around the, uh, to round out the day. If you all keep your fingers crossed, we may even be able to entice Bodine the Bigfoot into returning for this next year. Tonight's guest comes from about an hour and a half south of me in the fine state of Indiana. And back in 2007, he and a co-worker, both driving separately down a back road, in the early morning hours encountered something very strange in the road ahead of them. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So if you will, please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Brandon Wright, host of the Tinfoil Tales podcast. Brandon, welcome to Uncomfortable. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being with me. Kind of a kindred spirit. You are hosting your own podcast, Tinfoil Tales. Um, Funny story. Um, Kind of related to what your experiences that we're going to go into, but I don't want to spoil anything. Um, The person that told me about your show uh, is my dog groomer. (laughs) And uh, she said that she gave my podcast a shout out on one of your posts or or something. And it wasn't too long. And I saw that you had followed me. I followed you back. And uh, the, the conversation ensued rather quickly after that. Um. But uh, it's nice to it's nice to be able to interact with somebody who's in the same field, same type of topics, and as close as you are to me uh, geographically. It's it's kind of cool. So I thought it'd yeah. be a great idea that uh, I get you out in front of my audience, and then we're going to do the same for yours with me uh in a few more days so yeah i'm uh it's nice to have someone close within the same vicinity because if you've ever had any topics up in your area i've been driving around for work purposes my job takes me all over the state right now so i'm up in your area often i've had some work up in there and 
the other day, I went over, someone from Reddit sent me a message. I had two people actually tell me about this little town called Goodland. And ironically, I drove by that place for over a year and a half without realizing anything about it. But they said the whole town's creepy and they have like some sort of cryptid called the watcher that watches things from the woods or whatever. So really? I drove through, I drove through there Monday morning on my way through work to check it out. I was like, well, this doesn't look like anything. <laughs> Not so, that creepy. Huh? <laughs> no, I was like, it was just like a little small Indiana town. I was like, I was going to stop at the Casey's gas station and ask the clerks. They claim if you ask people there, they get all creeped out by it. I was like, well, when some random person walks up, if you got monsters in your town, they're going <laughs> to no think kidding. you're crazy. <laughs> no wonder they're getting creeped out. You know, so I didn't do that. I just did a little drive through and uh, went on about my business. But they said the library, there is supposed to be very uh, strange, high, strangest activity going on. It's like, well, I'm not going to try and walk into some public library in some small little town and like snoop around there and think I'm some kind of a creep or something. Right. <laughs> now, interesting enough, um, at the point where you uh, you entered in the studio tonight, um, the first thing out of your mouth was, uh, yeah, we just saw a UFO. <laughs> yeah. Right before I came down to the basement to get on this call, uh, I was letting my dog out the back door, and I looked out right in the backyard, and there's a big, bright orange glowing light out in the field behind it. And uh, I yelled for my wife and son. I was like, there's a fucking UFO out here. And just thinking it kind of looked like more of a a flare or something like that. But they came and looked at it. We looked at it for about maybe a minute and then it rose a bit in the air and it just completely went, just vanished instantly. A flare would typically like peter out and get a little bit yeah. dimmer, I think, or something. And this yeah. just straight up disappeared. In fact, any uh, aerial flares that I've seen, um, the, those last, those last few seconds, uh, there, there seems to be a flicker as it's as mm -hmm. it's burning out. So, um, I figured a flare would also be somewhat coming down. It wouldn't go up and then just disappear. Exactly. Yeah. If it's a, uh, you know, um, like a marine flare, it, it's gonna shoot up in the air. It's gonna burst pretty much at the at the peak of its height, and and then it continues down because there's no parachute on it. But most military flares, um, they're gonna have parachutes on them because the the whole point of them is to continue illumination for as long as possible at, at a height uh, above above what they're trying to see so um, it doesn't make sense that that would have lifted upward and then disappeared so i couldn't judge about how far away it was i don't know if it was really high in the sky or it didn't look very high but again i don't know how far away it was because at first i thought it maybe it's just a star but i was like that's an awful bright orange star and then I could see it had like a flicker to itself and then it was moving a little bit higher. I was like, okay, a star would be moving that quick. And then, like I said, it just rose up from our eye level to a little bit higher and then just straight up disappeared. I was like, well, that's strange. That is strange. And there must be something in the water here lately because um, I just, uh, this past weekend, coming back from a uh, weekend getaway with my, my girl in, in Ohio, <clears throat> I was about... I was about two hours, maybe an hour into my trip on the way back to Indiana. And um, 4, 4, 410, 4.15 uh, was the time. Beautiful day, clear skies, blue, blue skies. Um, sun was out. It was, to, it was in my driver's side window. 
and I was on the toll road and I saw what I would have to describe as like, if it, if it had been night, uh, I lived near an airport. So I'm used to seeing planes coming in, uh, for landing at night. And if you see one coming, you know, straight in, they, they tend to have what looks to be like a big headlight on the front of it. And, uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know, what, what that is mechanically on the, on the plane if, where it's located, but it looks like a, a big spotlight or a big headlight. Um, and that's what I saw at 4.10, 4.15 in the afternoon in blue sky. It was a very bright uh, white light. And, you know, so, uh, you know, the sun was out. Like I said, there was no clouds. So my initial, you know, and I, I'm seeing uh, a vapor trail from, from several jets that were mm-hmm. flying. No vapor trail. Um uh, associated with this light and you know i start going through the you know well it's got to be this it's got to be that it's got to be this it's got to be that if it was if it was something the sun was reflecting on if it was a plane that the sun was reflecting on um i'm not aware of any airlines that have raw aircraft aluminum fuselages. I mean, they're all painted. They're, they're white and they're blue and they're orange and they're, you know, all kinds of different graphics along the sides. Um, so I don't think that what this was, was, was the light reflecting off of a plane and to compound things. Um, no, I was driving, I was alone, my phone, why didn't I get a picture? My phone, I have a cradle that is a suction cup that goes up on the window and then it's got a bendable arm and it holds it in a cradle for the GPS. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a two handed operation to get that thing out of there. And the back of it, um, basically covers up the camera while it's in the cradle. So I wasn't going to mess with it, but I kept looking up, uh, as I was trying to keep my eye on traffic too. Um, and it moved, it moved twice from the original position. And I, the one thing I can tell you is I looked at my GPS at the, at the route that I was on and I was on a straight, I was on a straight path. There were no curves. There were, it was straight on the toll road. So it was not a changing of the orientation of my vehicle that was, causing this to be in a different place in the sky. Um, and it, it moved, it moved twice after my initial seeing it. Um, the first time it was directly in front of my driver's side windshield. And then I want to say that it just kind of faded out. But then I saw it over to the other side of my rearview mirror on the passenger side. And I was like, holy shit. That's that's what made me look at the GPS to see if my if the route was like a big winding curve. Um, mm-hmm. And then again, it moved 
off to come back to the, the side that it was on originally. And the last time that I saw it was at about the five o'clock position to the sun. And then it was gone. And the other thing is, and I, I still, I don't know why I haven't done it. I, I got it on my phone. Um, I did eventually pull my phone down because there was one cloud in the sky and it was, it was a very, it was a line. It was just a very linear, very thin cloud. I think it was a cloud. It certainly was in the same spot for a long time. So it wasn't, it wasn't a vapor trail from a plane. I, I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, but that cloud I saw f- probably for a good 40 minutes and it was it was very near that cloud at the last point that i saw that light and then it was gone i didn't see anything else the rest of the trip and that was it so i've talked to someone that thinks clouds like that are motherships and cloaking (laughs) i don't know about anything like that as being true or not but that's just what they thought and i was like i mean who am i to say that's wrong i guess i don't know i'm yeah. just <laughs> everyone's entitled to their opinions i guess it's interesting because you know i mean it's a very uh it's a very hot topic nowadays uh ufos i refuse to call them uaps uh, there's no good reason to change them they are unidentified flying objects <laughs> they they change the vernacular of it and i think that's to just kind of keep throwing people off a little bit and changing things up but um you know with as much as there has been disclosure wise um in the past couple of years and it it's been it's been frustrating i like i told you before uh we started recording you know i've i've been in i was obsessed with ufos by the age of five and Mm -hmm. um you know i've never I've never felt that they weren't real. I always thought there was truth to it. You know, now not every, not every video that I see, not every photograph that I see, do I think is real. That's not what I'm saying. I do think that these things exist and, you know, whether they're from another planet, whether they're from another solar system, whether they're from another dimension, whether they're from inner earth, (laughs) whether they're, um, you know, remnants of, uh, what we've become from the future, coming back to, to right the wrongs of the past. I I have no idea. Um, but I do believe that it's a, a legitimate thing. And, you know, with, with the, uh, with the release of the military videos from the cockpits of the, uh, the air force jets um you know that was that was kind of like holy shit moment for me because i was like oh my god finally finally we've got you know and then they this this whole disclosure which has been remarkably soft uh with what they're releasing and what they're saying and even the congressional hearings that they're having with uh commander david fravor and uh um david grush um I mean, there's a lot of very, very interesting things being said. Um, 
but because of security clearances and all these things, you know, they, they're not permitted to say this stuff, uh, to the public. So, you know, that it always leads me to believe it's like, you know, is there still some kind of fuckery going on here or yeah. is this, or is this legitimate, you know, or, or is this, you know, not tinfoil conspiracies, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. um, but I do believe, I, I do believe I'd, I'd be shocked to find out that it was not, that it was not real. Um, you know, it, there's have been reported throughout history. There's so many different, um, there, it, it, it's everywhere. I mean, the, so I don't yeah. know. It's a, it's an interesting thing. And, uh, I, I, what I find really interesting is how there's like anything, there's, there's two sides to it. You have the one side that everybody uh, militarily feels that these things are a huge threat to national security and they're a threat to our pilots and they're a threat to us. And it can be obviously nothing but bad intent, you know, and if they have this kind of uh, technology behind them, you know, it's, we're not going to be able to do anything and we're screwed. And then you have the other component of the people that think that they've had experiences with these things that, you know, they're benevolent and they want only the best and they want to keep us from destroying ourselves. And, you know, they want people to take care of the earth and, and all that stuff. And I mean, I think both make very, very good sense. Uh, but no one really knows that's the one thing i hope that before i die um you know and i'm a huge i really like the topic of bigfoot um so it's it's close it's close it's a tie maybe just ufos nudging it out just a little bit before i die (laughs) i want to know at least one of these things proof positive yes or no i don't care I'll be disappointed if it's no, but um, I would I would like to know the truth before I uh, leave this place. I think we'll eventually figure things out, but I don't know if it'll be an open, like a discussion that they're just going to give everyone the information. I think it'll more or less be, you see it for yourself, or if there are aliens, they come down here and let, make themselves be known and be like, well, there they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's too much money involved when it comes to the technology if these things are real it's not so much about the security i can see that being part of it too but i think you follow the money trail whoever i I think you're right i think you're right on that because you know especially if you if you pay any heed to some of the things that uh um dr stephen greer talks about and there's something about that guy that i don't know there's something about that guy. I don't watch the videos of him. I I, I understand what you're saying without saying anything negative. <laughs> I, I, I there's a vibe. There is a vibe, and but the things that he says, especially when talking about the the energy that's produced mm-hmm. by these things, the clean energy, that would rock. That would rock the world. That would put so many 
businesses, so many industries out into the wasteland if yeah. if there was free energy. You know, and I mean, all you have to do is go back, you know, what, uh, not even 100 years to Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Tesla. You know, yeah. I mean, all of his shit came up being confiscated, and mm-hmm. now much of it has been hidden away. Um, but he was on to it. Yeah. He figured it out. There's there's enough evidence left over uh, to show that this guy he was he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I've always uh, so one of my tinfoil hat conspiracies is I think that they discredit Nikola Tesla and they took all of his research and everything and they just kind of did away with it for their own benefit and they don't want to give it to society because. Whoever they are, I say they, and everyone's like, who's they? I don't know. (laughs) They's they. Nobody knows. (laughs) You know, they. Them. (laughs) But they didn't want everyone to have the free energy and everything else because there's too much profit to be made by other means. So I think everything always kind of relates back to the money trail. Yeah, I would would agree with that 100%. Well, I have to say that... uh, uh, a, a very very early listener of mine, one of one of the uh, one of the first to jump on the uncomfortable bandwagon, uh, Kim, down in Texas. He is uh, he's been very vocal. He is uh, he messages me quite quite often about about episodes, and uh, I believe this episode is going to finally make him happy. So. <laughs> Kim, this one's for you, bud. <laughs> Brandon, uh, let's let's get into your uh, your experience. Let's get into the experience that put you on the journey to decide to start doing a podcast about this kind of stuff. Sure thing. A little bit of a background before I dive in. I am a skeptic, and this is weird to talk about because I do a podcast where I talk about conspiracies and paranormal stuff and weird encounters with cryptids and everything else. But I always try and look at it more from a open mind. But a lot of the time I've always just been a skeptic. I grew up obviously the sign back here from the X-Files, the whole Fox Mulder. I want to believe. And I grew up right beside me here. (laughs) I grew up with all that stuff and like, I've got the slaughtered lamb behind me from the American werewolf in London. That was like one of my favorite old horror movies. So I've always been interested in like aliens and stuff like that, but I never took anything seriously. Like I always thought that aliens could be real, but I didn't think werewolves or monsters or whatever. I knew about Bigfoot, but even then I was like, I don't know if Bigfoot's real because how could a big bull 10 foot tall monkey man walk around that I know it's eating before or never had a body or anything like that. So even as a kid, I was kind of skeptical, but that all changed back in 2007. I used to work at a paper warehouse company and we worked night shifts. So we basically went in at 10, 8 or 10 PM and got off at six thirty AM. Let me, let me interrupt you there. You worked at a paper warehouse company. Yeah, I, I my industry that I've been in for 35 years, I'm a pressman. I, I run a printing press. <laughs> well, that's what we had in the building, too. 
at the time though the presses weren't in there we had three different factories we had the main factory in peru and we were on the outskirts of peru and this is where all the stock was held so we were the overnight stocker so when they had orders for downtown we would have to pull all the paper stock get it all ready on skids and i drove the box truck and i'd make my delivery to the main work or the main place for them to do the pressing eventually they moved the actual cutters and the pressers out to us because it made more sense than having us deliver to like multiple places all the cutting stuff was at a different warehouse so they had three different locations so they made it down to just like a two locations like well you're common sense i guess but that's a little little history for the company that's barely even existing these days paper stock isn't as popular these days as what i guess it used to be but we got let off early that night and the boss for the first shift, he was the whole warehouse boss. Well, he wasn't coming in. He was on vacation. So our boss said if we got the orders done and got everything delivered, she would go ahead and let us sleep because it was our Friday. And every Friday, we always got off 10 minutes early anyways, and she would just write on the time cards that we got off at 6.30, but we didn't clock off. She would just write it off that we got off at that time. So we got done probably around 4.30. I, I don't remember if I drove the truck that night or who actually drove the truck down there, but I know we got out. We left about two hours early. So I get out in my vehicle. Obviously, there's me and a couple other coworkers. And I drive down the road and I turn to come towards, at the time, I still live with my parents. So I was only like 22, 23. And I was driving towards their house. And one of my coworkers is in front of me. He's probably about a thousand feet in front of me, like a little distance. But I notice as we're driving, it's still dark outside because it's February and it's like pitch black. So there's no, I don't remember the moon or anything being out at this point. But I seen his taillights and they swerved like over to the side of the road. And then all of a sudden he shoots back up on the road and keeps going. So the first thing I'm thinking of is like, what the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> because we didn't have cell phones like we do today back in 2007. There weren't smartphones. He wasn't scrolling through Facebook or texting or somebody or whatever back then you'd have to be texting like you'd be playing with those brick, brick cell phones like with snake or whatever on there right. <laughs> it wasn't like the cell phones we have today well as i got to the area where he'd swerved my headlights are shining and i'm seeing a big black shape in the middle of the road and the first thing i thought of was it was a person wrapped in a black blanket I didn't see any arms. I didn't see a head. And this thing is very tall, but it's leaning forward. And the way it's moving, as I was getting closer to it, I'm trying to like see. I thought it was like a drunk person stumbling around because his movements were not like normal. It wasn't like walking normally. It had like a weird. And I've always said the movements are like um, those inflatable tube men that you see like at the car dealers that blow them up and they flop around yeah. kind of that's how it was moving when it was walking. Like it would move and its body would be like kind of flopping and glitchy looking. It didn't look natural, like very unnormal looking movements. I slammed on my brakes too. And I like had to move over just a little bit, but I basically come to a dead stop. And this thing walks past the driver's window and it bumps into the mirror where I'm pretty sure it bumps. I, of your trying vehicle, it bumps into the mirror. Yeah. It's that close. To yeah, you. yeah. Because I almost ran it over because it was pitch black, 
and all I could see was this big black shape. Again, no head, no arms, and it goes right past the window, and I'm looking up at this thing, and I'm driving a 98 Ford Explorer. I've looked online. Those are 67 inches to the top. This thing leaning forward was almost like, you know how an old person would be like with a walker, and they have that yeah. little bit of a lean? Sure. That's how it was kind of like leaning forward, but I couldn't see the top of it when I looked out the window. So this thing had to have been, if it was standing straight up over seven feet tall, because if the vehicle is almost six feet and this thing is well over a foot taller than that leaning over, it had to have been almost seven feet tall standing straight up. When it got to behind the vehicle, the red taillights from my brakes being hit and everything, I could see it's two massive legs and they were super, super thick big thick legs and when it took a step i could see the ground between this leg and took another step and i could see like it was solid i didn't see clothing i didn't see fur i didn't see anything to like you can make out like detail wise it was just like a almost like a black shadow figure but it was a shape it wasn't like a shadow it was solid it wasn't like translucent you couldn't see through it like it was completely blocking off everything around it yeah but I'm like trying to process what the hell's going on. So I just tromp on the gas once it got behind me and I took off. I was like, okay, I'm getting out of here. And I drove down the road a little bit. Well, I noticed that my coworker had pulled into the NDOT parking lot, the DOT parking lot. It's like a little gravel drive. And I pulled up next to him. He rolls his window down. He's like, did you fucking see that? I was like, yeah, what was it? He's like, it didn't have a fucking head. I was like, man, I don't know what that was, but I'm going back. I was like, let's go see what it is. Like, Are you fucking crazy? I was like, I mean, at, at this point, maybe yes. I guess looking back on now, I'm crazy because I wanted to go back and see what the hell we just saw because to me, I don't know of any seven-foot-tall, headless, armless person because, again, I thought it was, at first was a person wrapped in a blanket. Like, you know how some of you wrapped around, like, they're freezing, it's cold, yeah. so you wouldn't see their arms or anything, and they had it, like, over their heads. So, I'm like, there's a huge fucking person stumbling around in the middle of the road. Like, it's crazy to me. It's this time of, in the morning, like, 4.30, 4.45 in the morning. And you said this is February. So, uh, am I to assume that there's, there's snow on the ground? <laughs> there wasn't snow at this point. It was actually pretty clear outside. I don't remember there being snow. And it was just a very brisky, like cold outside. Like I don't, it was more towards the beginning of February, I think. Okay. And um, we drive back, and I'm in front, and he's following behind me. And as we get back to the area, it's only a quarter mile. It's not very far. And when we get back to the area, I'm my headlights. There's something big and black now laying in the middle of the road. Lane. I got it lane. And when we get up to it, I could see it looks like a giant dog. And by giant, I mean, it doesn't look like it's not nearly as big as what was walking in the road, but it's a very big size animal and it's got its back to us. So the way I'm driving is obviously the way the other thing was walking. So it's laying horizontal across the road. So the first thing I'm thinking of trying to rationalize this is, that wasn't there just a minute, two minutes ago, like enough time for us to go down there and talk and turn around and come back. That animal was not laying in the middle of the road. So I pull up, I'm maybe 30 feet from it. And I get out of my vehicle and he cracks his window down. He's like, what are you doing? 
I was like, well, clearly there's a dead dog in the road. So this is, uh, wasn't here a second ago. So I start walking towards it. And as I started to get maybe 15 feet from it, this thing lifts its head up off the ground and looks back and it growls. Its eyes are glowing like a yellowy amber color, but our headlights are shining at it. So I've always said that was the eye shine reflecting from this thing. Okay. But when it growls, it's like a very low rumbly, you can feel it type of a growl, like almost like a, not a roar, but like a very deep. Powerful. Yeah. Oh, more, not a, lot like, of, a lot of air coming out from behind it. Not like a normal dog. And I froze instantly. Now, after talking about some, oh, it hits you with infrasound. At the time, I don't know what the fuck infrasound is. Mm-hmm. Never heard of that stuff before until you dive into like Bigfoot stuff. Right. And um, so I'm just frozen. And at this point, my coworkers in the back screaming, get back in the fucking truck, you idiot. Well, I can't move at this point because I'm just watching this thing. And it tries to stand up, but like a normal dog would stand up on four legs. And it does like a little bit of a hobble. And then it stands directly up. Not on four, but on two legs. And you know how a dog would stand up? It'd almost be like this. It'd have like those bends to its legs or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. Its arms were off to its side and they hung down, almost like a person's would. I'm six foot three. This thing was eye to eye with me. I don't know of any dog that would stand up head to head and be looking at me. And like, I have an all white German Shepherd right now. The face of it was very German Shepherdish, but it was solid black. Its ears were pointy and they're on the top of its head. Some people are like, oh, you saw a bear. Well, Bears have rounded ears, and I know what a bear looks like. It's not a bear. But it doesn't have the stereotypical dogmen or werewolf features. Like, it doesn't have hands. It doesn't have, like, what you would see in Hollywood, like where they have the long claws and the hands and the fingers. It has normal dog features, and I'm pretty sure it even has a long tail. Like someone's asked me about a tail before. I was like, I don't remember specifically. I was like, I'm pretty sure when I seen it laying there, it had like a longer fluffy tail. And by fluffy, this whole thing was fluffy. It was almost like, you know what a child looks like, how they're puffy looking with the fur and everything. Yeah. This is how this fur was on. It was really, really thick, puffy fur. So we're looking eye to eye for maybe just two seconds. It stood up just enough time. I felt like to look at me to be like, Hey, don't fucking come towards me, which blows my mind because I've never seen a dog stand up on two legs. So the whole time I'm just thinking this is just a dog because what else would I be thinking? Like I've never seen an animal stand up on two legs like this before. And and you're, gets, you're getting a pretty good view of this thing because your headlights are on it, right? Yeah, it's headlights are shining. My headlights and his headlights are both on it. And it is solid black, and it looks like just a normal dog, but I, it was just tall. Like, I've never seen it. Even like a Great Dane, if it stood up, it's still not going to be, I don't think, eye level to me. I mean, it might maybe close on. I'm not sure how big Great Danes get, but this thing was obviously a Great Dane. They're not puffy fur and have a German Shepherd-type face. Because it had that wolf snout, you know what I mean? Like the elongated wolf-type snout. And... 
this thing like hunches back down like it goes on all fours, but it never actually used its front legs. It went off on two legs on its back, but its arms are like bent up like this as it went off. So it almost looked like it was trying to scurry off on two legs in like a crouching position. Now, where we're at, and it's still there, this whole area is a deer preserve. So at the time, I don't remember, I don't remember like what it was called, but now it's like X Factor Bucks. And they have like these like Brooks and Dunn's been out there hunting. Like I think Luke Bryant's been out there, some all these country singers or whatever. They go out there and they hunt because they have these big monster bucks out here now for some reason. Well, back then this whole two miles squared off was all just deer preserve. So there was an eight foot to ten foot fence that surrounded this whole area. The sections are now not nearly as big, like they've removed a lot of the fence and it's smaller than what it used to be. But this thing goes to where the fence is. And just right outside the headlight view, you can still see a little bit, but it goes right to where it gets dark. And then it like kind of goes down this little bit of taller old grass, and then it just kind of disappears out of eyesight. So I don't know if it went under the fence, over the fence, through the fence, or just straight up disappeared because that doesn't, how would something just disappear? That doesn't make any sense. Right. But we didn't see it anymore. And after it was gone, I felt I could come to my senses. I moved. I started to walk back to my vehicle. Well, my coworker gets out of his car and starts to walk up to me. He's like, what the fuck was that? I was like, I have no idea, man. This is, this is crazy shit. And we're talking about it. And for whatever reason, I happened to glance down. And if you're having a conversation with someone, you're usually like what a foot or two apart, not, not too far away. I happened to look down on the ground and there's a field mouse standing between us. And it's not like it's in an upright position too. Like it's standing on its back legs, but it's using its front paws to wipe its face. Like it's cleaning itself. It's furs all wet looking. And it's like rubbing its face and like going back to its mouth and like rubbing its head and everything. Like it's cleaning itself. So I look over to him. I was like, do you see this shit? And he like does like a little weird laugh. And I like, take my foot and I kind of like nudge this mouse and like push it a little bit. It doesn't even care that I touched it. Like it literally just keeps cleaning itself. I'm like, this is a wild mouse. I've never seen a wild mouse come up between people and not be afraid, let alone be touched by a person and just be completely oblivious that I touched it. So I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? This is like insane stuff. So are you thinking that this thing was standing there between the two of you because it was safe? <laughs> Someone else has recommended that too. And to be 100% honest, I don't know because I don't even know if it was even real, if that makes any, like, I'm still to the point of, I don't even know what any of these three things were. Like, I'm trying to process all of this, like, even 17 years later, almost. Okay, now, let me stop you there. You're trying to figure out if all three of these things were real. Is there enough of a difference between the original shape that you you saw when you were coming up to the scene? This, uh, this wobbly walking human with a blanket over him. Mm. Um the thing that was laying in the road. Are you, are you, are you saying that you think that they were two individual 
entities or or is it possible that the initial entity that you saw laid down on the on the road maybe in a posture of like it was hurt trying to get you to come back to it i think me personally again and i i experienced it i'm skeptical of my own opinions because i don't know so i can't give a definitive answer without actually knowing what the hell i saw originally what i had done like we left after this after i touched the mouse and it didn't scurry off or anything we just we left and what i've tried to figure out is i wrote it off basically because I said, clearly this was just a hurt dog that was playing with a mouse. Someone must have hit it with a car, broke its front legs, and that's why it was walking funny because it was hurt. The mouse didn't move because it was traumatized because this dog would have been licking it or playing with it, and that's why it was all wet, and that's screwed up its brain cells or whatever, so it wasn't able to move, and it was just traumatized. And that's what I've tried to accept is the rational, logical explanation. Until you come back to the first thing that we saw, it was so much bigger than this dog. The dog had proportionate body size, like its legs weren't nearly as thick as whatever the hell was walking in the road. It wasn't as tall as what was walking in the road. And that's where I get hung up on that. So I don't know if the first thing walking was the dog because it's not the same size. It didn't have the same features. Now, when people that I've been more open about this, because to finish off like the whole experience, I'd gotten home and I went to bed. I woke up and I looked up the next morning, like werewolf stuff, whatever. And I drew like a picture of this black upright walking dog and I'd scan it. And I went to some like, I think unexplainedmysteries.com or something like that. And there's a forum on there and I put up this picture that I drew. And someone's like, oh, that's a Michigan dog man. I'm like, well, I'm not too far from Michigan, but what the fuck is a Michigan dog man? Like, I'm thinking werewolf because that's when you see an upright walking dog or wolf looking thing. What do you kind of think of werewolf? I mean, that's what Hollywood's told you to believe in too, like werewolf looking stuff. Right. And I get all this research. I like get these pictures or whatever I find all this stuff out so I go back to work a couple nights later after the weekend I try and talk to my coworker about it well one of the other people we work with burst out laughing and started making fun as oh you ran over a werewolf well that uh, makes my coworker really upset that I'm talking about it so he pulls me off to the side and basically threatens me and says if I don't knock it off I'm going to regret it and he's just going to deny it because he doesn't want people thinking he's fucking crazy and he doesn't want to deal with all that stuff because the whole thing's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And he doesn't want to be involved in any of this stuff. So I need to shut up about it. And if you knew this guy, he is a very, uh, he is a very big person that you do not want to be on his bad side. I'll leave it at that. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut about it because his reputation is uh, notorious for being, uh, you don't want to mess with him. He's like the incredible Hawk. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Don't make him angry. So I was like, all right, man, whatever. So I never talked about it for 15 years. I literally just sat on it. And that's what led me to even want to start the podcast because that's during the whole, 
they call it the beast era on my one of my shows because uh there's a certain c word that you can't say without an algorithm on youtube that starts to what happened in 2020 the whole mm-hmm. lockdown experience yep. and everything that's when i started listening to podcasts and that's when i came across a couple podcasts and heard the one about a dog man and because at the time I was looking to do a podcast about conspiracy type stuff. And that's how I came up with the name tinfoil tells because I was like, I want to talk about what happened with JFK. I want to talk about UFOs. I want to talk about these topics that things that, uh, people think you're a tinfoil hat wearer. So, and when I heard this episode about a dog man, I was like, well, holy shit. I've never really heard anyone else talk about this type of stuff before. And that's kind of where I've gotten to the point of like, I had the name for the podcast and everything else, but I didn't end up doing anything with it up until last year. And it's not so much focused on like the conspiracy side of it anymore. It's more or less me interviewing people for like what their encounters or whatever. But even when I was starting to interview people, I still never talked about my own experience because I'm still hesitant about it because I don't know. Like, I still question myself because I know the mouse was solid because literally I touched it with my foot. I know whatever was walking in the road was solid because it kind of bumped into the mirror. The dog I obviously didn't touch and I probably would have bit me or eaten me or whatever if I tried to touch it. And I just don't know. And since I've been more open about it this past year a lot of people have given me different suggestions. I went to Reddit, which is basically a rabbit hole in itself. <laughs> and, uh, indeed it is. They, uh, I've heard that we were abducted by aliens and what had happened is basically like the sand down clown instance where these are just memories put into our heads because our brain couldn't process what was really happening. I was like, I don't know about any of that, but okay. We'll chalk that up to possibility. I guess someone said it was a bear with mange. I'm like, how the fuck is it a bear with mange? I never said it was missing hair. I know what a bear looks like. It wasn't a bear. It was really puffy fur. So why are you saying mange? Because literally, literally there's like no missing hair. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, I don't know why you're saying mange, but cool. And then other people are like, oh, you've seen a shapeshifter. You've seen it transitioning. When you first come up on it, it was trying to get to a form. And that's why it didn't have a solid form at first. It was using its energy to manifest itself. And then when we came up back, it used its energy to turn into this dog. And since I wasn't afraid of the dog, it tried to get away and it turned itself into this mouse. I was like, well, maybe, but it was going the opposite direction. So why the time I turned around and went back to my vehicle, the mouse would apparently just would have came up. So why would it have come back and got between us? It was trying to get away from us. That don't make sense to me either. It teleported. Yeah. (laughs) It went through a portal. (laughs) So at the end of the day is like, I, I don't know. And that's, it's one of those instances where people always want to get off, let off like on, Oh, it's your weekend. You want to get out of work early. Oh, I want to go home early. I was like, this is the one fucking time I wish I didn't get off work early because if I got off normal time, I probably wouldn't have seen it. And I wouldn't have went down this rabbit hole of the lifestyle I've been doing. (laughs) And there's a few things about it that I've been thinking about since I've been talking about it more that I never thought about before. But one of the people asked me, how did it impact me? I was like, well, 
it never impacted me. <laughs> look behind me. Um, <laughs> look what I do. I was like, oh, I never took that into consideration. I guess it did impact me because I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I wouldn't be talking to people about it. I wouldn't think any of this stuff's even a possibility because, again, I was always under the impression that this is all just made up bullshit. Yeah. So it did have an impact. And I don't know if at this point I've said I didn't want to get let off work early, but I, I don't know if I'd change that at this point. If I had an option to go back and never see it again, I think I'd still want to see it. I just, at this point I actually try and get closer to see what the hell it really is because I've said recently, I was like, I'm going to be the idiot that, uh, I'm going to see another, if I'm going to see a Bigfoot, I'm going to be the one that gets killed because I'm going to chase after him. I'm not going to be the one just sitting there trying to fumble around and get like a blurry photo of a bush. I'm going to be the one going after and chasing after it in the woods. I was like, so I see another dog, man. I'm going to run that motherfucker over. <laughs> I'm not going to try and swerve. I'm just going to take him out. All right. So let me but, give you a, let me give you another thing to ponder. <laughs> <laughs> Your description of the initial entity very thick legs no head almost appeared to have something draped over it i assume you're saying that because the majority of its upper body there was nothing defined about it yeah it was just a not solid. so much that it actually looked like it had a cloak pulled over it but it was just it was just a mound of something. Yeah, it was a thick torso, but you couldn't see anything around it. It was just thick legs and thick torso. So so giving, given many of the, the accounts of people that claim to have seen Bigfoot, the head sits very far in front of the, trapeze, uh, the trapezoid muscles. The, the back of the neck muscles, the shoulder muscles, pretty much connect almost to the base of the skull rather than having a neck. So it looks like the head is pushed forward, and from behind, it almost gives the appearance that the head is set down much lower um, than, than the shoulders. Big, thick legs doesn't give a shit bumps into your car and continues to walk on mm -hmm. then you turn around and you go back and you see this thing laying in the road very canine features could it have been a wolf and i don't mean wolf man could it have been could it have been a large wolf could it have been a large dog yeah. and you know, it's it's not super common, but, you know, if you listen to Sasquatch Chronicles or any of the other popular Bigfoot podcasts, you will hear stories where people reportedly see Bigfoot and Dogman or Bigfoots and Wolves pretty much like either working together in a hunting situation or battling it out. Um, you know, fighting between the two of them. So is, is there a possibility that the initial entity that you saw could have been a Sasquatch? 
and what was laying in the road had tangled with it and not fared so well. You're actually the second person that has suggested this. Someone recently had said that uh, the first thing I encountered was probably a Bigfoot, and it just got done beating the shit out of a dog man. And the mouse was just traumatized from the whole event. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) An unknowing witness to to something. (laughs) It it was hiding out between us because I didn't want to get in the middle of this big brawl. I was like, I mean, that's possible, I guess, too. Like, again, I don't write off anything at this point because I, I have no idea. But as far as it being a possibly a Bigfoot, it does have the features of like the big legs and the torso and everything. But again, I couldn't see a head and I didn't see any sort of arms. So that's where I come back to. And someone's like, oh, you've seen one of those uh, Fresno night crawlers. Like, well, those are all like white and yeah. anything I've seen video wise, they look like little Yeah, they don't puppets. look very big. <laughs> yeah, this thing is massive. Like it's really thick, tall. And I don't know, like the whole thing to me, a lot of people are, oh, you guys were on drugs. I was like, well, I can 100% guarantee you that I was not. I don't know about the other guy because I don't know what he does, but I 100% was not. And it's very strange that if you are on drugs and you're hallucinating that two people would be hallucinating the same, the same exact same. thing. Right. Like that, that doesn't add up either. I'm not expert. I'm not anyone that does that shit, but. I don't think that's a possibility that they would both manifest seeing some weird headless thing walking in the middle of the road that he swerved to miss. And I do basically the same damn thing. So that doesn't add up either. And I guess when it comes to the person saying we were abducted by aliens, I don't necessarily buy into that either because there was no missing time. And what the hell will they would they abduct us for for like 30 seconds? Like what was the whole, the whole event was like less than five minutes long. Like it wasn't very long event. So it's like, and it's like, Oh, you're just getting off work. You're super tired. You guys were just kind of dreaming again. How would two people be dreaming the same thing? (laughs) So it goes back to the whole situation of, I don't know. And if you go into the possibility of these things that are even possibly able to exist, it doesn't even match the typical dogman descriptions. Like from what I've looked into, most dogman depictions they have like the werewolf features. They have like a hand so that their bodies have more humanoid bodies. This didn't have a human body. It literally looked like a dog was just walking on two legs. And it didn't even really walk on two legs. It just literally stood up and stared at me. And then got back down and went off on two legs, but it looked like it was using his front legs, but his front legs were never actually touching the ground. It had them like held up. That's why I said it was a dog that I hit by a car and his front legs were broken. To me, that's what makes sense. Like if I'm trying to write it off logically, I can write off the mouse. I can write off the dog. What I can't write off is whatever the fuck was walking in the road at first, because that doesn't match any sort of description of anything known, obviously that, but yet that, that was not laying there in the road when you had first come through and, no, saw, the, and saw the first entity. No, because we wouldn't have been able, we just still had to swerve off the road, but I would have been able to see it in the middle of the road because, and I don't even know if we're in the exact same spot as like in the same general area, but I don't know if it was the exact same spot where the thing was that we had to, that walk past us. 
I just know as we drove back around this, now there's a dog in the same area. So it's like, again, it's just a quarter to a half mile stretch. It's not like it's that far away. So I don't even know where the, if the thing was still walking, where it would have went either. Cause we didn't see that again either. So it's like, none of it makes sense. Okay. So let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into what you can tell me about the, the description of the first thing. Um, headlights hit it. You get a look mm-hmm. at the, the color, um, hair. I mean, did it look hair covered or did it not reflect any light? Did it uh, absorb light? Did it? When I seen it, it was just solid black. And like I said, I didn't see clothing. I didn't see fur. I didn't see any sort of definitive features. I could just see. And I don't, I don't even remember actually seeing feet. Like, I just remember seeing the really thick legs in the body. And I was more confused of what it was because, again, I'm just thinking it was a person at first until I got so close to where I was walking next to him. I was realized there's no way this is a person. It's way too big for a person. But, again, I didn't see any sort of definitive details or features. It literally just looked like almost kind of like I've like a shadow, but not a shadow because it was solid. So I don't know, really know how to describe it other than that. Like in the way it was moving was not natural. It was almost like a glitch. If you could see, like it was almost like the movements were not fluid. It was like a weird floppiness to itself. Like it was kind of glitching in and out. So I've always described it. I've never seen anyone walk like that to where they'd take a step and kind of just their body would be like twitching. So that's why originally when I'd seen it moving that way as I was walking, I thought it was like a person stumbling around. And that's why I've always said, well, maybe it was just the dog that was hurt and it was moving around goofily like that because it doesn't know how to walk on two legs. But again, the size is where I get hung up on because whatever that was was so much bigger than the dog. And then going back to the dog that was laying in the road. All right, you said he was laying across the lanes, correct? Mm-hmm. I assume this was a two-lane road. Yeah, it was just a county road. Okay, it was the, so its body was basically in both lanes, and it wasn't like enough to where you'd have to like completely drive off the road, but you couldn't just drive down the lane. You'd have to get over a little bit to get around it. You said, "Would you? Th- w- what would you say? Like from the middle of one lane to the middle of the other, or maybe not quite that long?" I wouldn't say as long as between the middle, but it's definitely into both lanes so if it was laying in the center i'd say you'd still have to drive off to the edge your tire would probably drive a little bit off on the gravel or over to the grass or whatever just to get around it so the lanes are probably only 12 foot lanes so this thing was probably lengthwise maybe six feet five to six feet long but when you turned around you came back and you found that your headlights both cars headlights are on it yep um different in appearance you can see hair Mm-hmm. You described hair. You could see the face. You said it looked much yep. uh, like a, the snout of a German Shepherd. Um, the eyes you saw, you know, and you're you're telling me that you were what essentially ten or so feet away from this thing. Yeah, I'd say about fifteen feet. That's pretty damn close. Yeah, because I was walking up to it to actually think. I thought it was a dead dog, and. Until it moved, and I realized, oh, shit, it's not dead. Like, I was going to get up there and look at it and make sure it was like, I'm still trying to figure out what it was. And I thought, well, this wasn't here when we just drove by, so this must have been what was walking. Not really processing at the time that whatever the hell was walking was so much bigger 
and why would it be walking on two legs? Like the whole thing was just confusing to me in general. But for some reason, my dumbass decided to get out of the vehicle and go walk up to it to think that, okay, well, this is clearly just a dog and I have to move it out of the road because I'm thinking the dude, my coworker would hit it with a car because I was like, well, that makes sense. Like he must've hit it. So I swerved off the road and I was like, tried to get away and it fell over and it's dying. So I'm going to go out here and check on it. But at the same time, it's, I didn't think about the fact that the size difference, I never really thought about the size difference till after the fact. So it's like, I don't know, like for being someone that's, uh, I guess not really thinking anything like strange exists or whatever at the time. To me, I was just always looking for like the logical explanations for things. So to me, it was just, dude, hit this dog or someone hit a dog. So I'm going to go out and move it out of the way. And then the other stuff ended up happening. I was like, okay, I probably should have not gotten out of the vehicle. If, if I knew better, if I knew what I do today, I would have never gotten out of the vehicle. Cause from what people say about these dog men encounters or whatever, like, if I guess it wanted to get me, it could have. And that's what I've come to terms with is if these things are real, especially the ones that people talk about, if this thing wanted to get me, it literally could have just lunged at me. There's nothing I could have done about it because I was so close to it. And the, the strange thing about it was, even though when this whole thing was going on, never once was I afraid. I Like the thing growled at me and I froze and everything. I don't remember being afraid. I was more or less confused and I was more like, like, Oh shit, it's not dead. <laughs> and it all happened so fast that my brain didn't process to be afraid. And they claim these dog men feed off people's fear. I was like, well, I wasn't afraid of it. So maybe that's why I just decided to go away because I wasn't afraid. Or why wouldn't it have done something to make you yeah. fear it? Yeah, like it growled at me and it stood up and looked at me and the whole time I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> like I wasn't trying to run away or be like, oh my God, and screaming and everything else. I'm just like still trying to understand like what is going on because none of this is making any sense to me. And like I said, I don't know if I buy into a lot of the dog man lore that they have with these things, but I know there are certain things that I've actually thought about recently to kind of go into the dog man lore that and again I, it's hard to talk about this stuff in general just because it's not so much that I don't believe in the possibility but it's hard to fathom stuff like this to be actually existing I think you can understand how I'm where I'm coming from like the possibility of an upright walking dog just doesn't biologically make any sense right now so if you like, look on tiktok or, or reels or anything like that you'll see and especially like um, maybe over in asia it seems to be uh, a popular thing to teach your dog to walk on its hind legs mm -hmm. um, but that is a, a very strange hop uh, yeah. And I mean, it's a very unnatural looking thing. Dogs aren't designed to walk that way. They're not supposed to walk that way. And uh, if they have all four of their legs, they shouldn't walk that way. But um, when this thing stood up, it looked like it should have been on two legs, if that makes any sense. Like the way its body was standing, it didn't have like 
the way that the dog's arms and legs would be like, or front legs or stuff had like those extra joints, how they'd been back. It didn't have that. And oh, I've really, I've tried to write it off as basically, I've thought recently, maybe this was a person in a werewolf costume, but then how do you make its eyes glow and how do you get that growl? So that doesn't make any sense either. But because again, that was my height. Like it was not massively tall. So I could see that being someone in a costume, but that's, they need to go work for Hollywood because that was the most realistic looking <laughs> costume I've ever seen. And, but like when its arms are off to its sides, like I said earlier, like when you see a dog stand up, like you said, when it hops, it, it has those weird bends to itself. It didn't have that. It's arms or it's, I say arms, but it's front legs were off to its side. Like a person would be if they just stood up and they had their arms hanging down. It didn't have the, like, the weird bends to itself. And I don't remember its legs. Like when you see a dog stand up, how their legs have that bend back to them. Mm -hmm. It's legs stood up like a person's legs. Like it's bends were like in the front, like a person when it crouched down, it had like the knees were bent towards the front, like when it was walking. So it had that almost humanoid-esque crouch and stance, but everything about it still looked like normal dog features. Again, I didn't see like, its legs didn't look humanoid in the sense of like shape, but well, I didn't see the bends like a normal dog's would have right, in them. Only in, only in the joints, only in the way that the legs bent. Yeah. Man, that's, that's bizarre. And again, like I said, it happened all so fast and I could be 100% mistaken about it because I'm trying to remember how it all went down. So just for the quick memories, like I said, I, will, I question my own self because that's just how I am. Like I question everything and I question my own instances because logically I always search for an explanation and I can't come up with one. So this has been my journey for 17 years trying to figure out what the hell I saw because I don't believe in werewolves. I don't really believe in dog men. Like but how, what else could it have been? And like, the Hulk, so. uh, your 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 buddy at the time, the Hulk. He, uh, you you've like aside from talking about it in public, so he wasn't uh, uh, persecuted for 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 being nuts. Have you ever been able to have any kind of a conversation with him privately about? No, he ended up switching shifts, and then he doesn't work. He didn't work there anymore. He got laid off, and I I wasn't friends with the guy, and I haven't talked talk to him. I'm sure I could track him down at some point if I wanted to. The internet makes it easy these days with Facebook or whatever. But I've never tried to reach out to him just because I'm hesitant to reach out to him because I don't want him to get pissed off about it. But at the same time, I don't want him to start denying it because then it makes me look even yeah. less credible because he's going, well, that's a lie. I didn't see any of that stuff. I was like, well, you already said you're going to do that. So, I mean, it is what it is, but like I said, I've got nothing to gain out of it. I don't understand why people make up to shit. And like I've said earlier, I often wonder if, wish I didn't get off work because it's one of those things where I kind of wish it never happened. But if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be here doing this. What about so. the area? What about the area that you're, you're in, uh, Peru? Um, does it have a, does it have a traceable history of unusual things going on? What 
I'm aware of is there used to be settlements here from Native Americans. They call them the Miami Indians. They're still actually here. And down here we have, it's right by the Wabash River and the Ill River. Both rivers are within like a couple miles of each other. I still live out in this area. I actually, I live one road south and like four miles to the west of where this happened. And my parents, they lived not too far from there either. So I literally grew up in this whole area and never once did I have anything prior to that ever happened strange like that. And I never had anything happen ever again like that since I've been out here. Like it's the one instance where I've had that like, and I've had some strange things happen. Like when we moved into this house that I've said could have been paranormal, but it's not, anything like cryptid wise or anything strange encounter like that is something that could be completely randomly off topic too. But it, there's never been anything else that I've ever experienced, but I do know. And this is one of the first times I came public was on another podcast. The only reason I even went on that podcast to talk about what happened with mine is because someone from Peru had had a dog man encounter in 1990 and it just so happened to be down on the Wabash River. They were camping. And according to his experience, he said that uh, this thing came running into their campsite or whatever. And I know the exact spot where he talked about. It's not too far from where my friend lives. And I actually brought it up to my buddy. I was like, hey, did you ever hear about something? I was like, there's supposedly like a encounter down in the early 90s down by where you live. And he said... He had always heard of that spot that there was some strange shit that went on down there when he was a kid, but he didn't know what it was. I was like, well, maybe that was what it was about. I was like, because supposedly these guys were out camping and this they thought it was a werewolf come running into their camp, tearing shit up and ran them out of there right off the edge of the river. But that's the only other instance that I know of from this area that's had anything like that. Now, I know people said they've seen Bigfoots in the region, but again, I... I've never seen it, so I can't really attest to that. The uh, the Native American aspect is uh, is is quite interesting to me. Um, I I hold in very high regard um, anything I hear that is related to the Native Americans. Um, they were. incredibly spiritual they were so much more attuned to um nature and you know living off of living off of the the earth <clears throat> and i don't know why it seems like and maybe this is just me um their their relation with the afterlife, their relation with the the spiritual realm, seems to be uh, much much more powerful than than anything that we uh, we typically experience. So when I when I hear about things uh, to do with First Nations people, I I always kind of I, I store that in like a, a super secret little file folder in my brain and uh, 
I don't know. Uh, you know, like the skinwalkers and, and uh, shapeshifters and stuff. Um, man, that's a hard one to wrap your head around. It's insanely hard to wrap your head around it. But mm-hmm. something tells me that if that is possible, <laughs> that that the, they would have been the ones that would have been able to do that. Yeah. Um, BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. From issuance, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I've heard other things with this area as far as like paranormal wise stuff, but I've never heard anyone else again, like seen any sort of like dogman type things other than that one interview that I heard from someone else's show. Someone actually messaged me, told me I need to listen to this episode because there was someone from Peru that had a dogman experience. And I was like, well, what is it? So that's how I checked it out. And I don't, like I said, this whole area used to be, part of the tribe for the Miami Indians. And I think that's why it's called Miami County. I'm not, don't quote me on that one, but I think that's why they named the County Miami County because the tribe of the Miami Indians were here and they still have their own little area that they do things. At. And I know out towards uh, Miss Cinewall, the reservoir and stuff out there, they had a, the Francis Locum trail, which that was another one of the Miami Indian things. I think they're from the tribes. So there's a lot of history out through this way. And could that be related to some of this? I, it's a possibility. I know I've always kind of wondered that myself just because of the general geographic area of the water sources, the two different rivers that run right through here. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever, have you ever delved into like, uh, the ley lines or anything? Um, I mean, does, does anything no. cross through your, uh, through your area there? I've never looked into that. I, I'm not an avid researcher into certain things. Like I do my own little stuff. I'll read some stuff here and there, but I've never really dove into it too much in that sense. Like I didn't even open up about this until, like I said, more or less a year ago. I didn't even come public with it until like this past summer. 
right before I started the podcast this is actually kind of funny. What I do for my work, this is another reason why I've always been hesitant to talk about it because I'm basically like a construction supervisor. I oversee like these multi-million dollar projects and I don't want people thinking I'm running these jobs and I'm some lunatic that sees crazy things and or an avid liar or some bullshit like that. Like that's not why anything about it. So if I'm in charge of all these jobs, I don't want people thinking question my logic because I'm making sure these things are getting built correctly. Right. So I've always been hesitant to even come public with it, but I was on, I was sent to the help the survey department we have for the company back in, uh, the winter of 2021 into 2022. And the guy I was helping, he worked, he used to be in the air force, I think, and he was in the military, one of the branches, but he was stationed in Alaska. And on my keychain, I have a little Sasquatch, a little tiny Sasquatch figure. And I was thinking about it. I was like, you're up in Alaska. He was like, yeah. I was like, do you ever see any weird shit? He's like, what do you mean? I was like, see a Bigfoot or anything? He kind of laughed and he's like, no, nothing like that. And then for whatever reason, I just felt compelled to tell him about what happened. And then we just sat in the truck for awkward silence. He didn't acknowledge what I'd said or told him. I was like, well, now he thinks I'm a fucking lunatic (laughs) (laughs) because I don't really know this guy that well, but for some reason I just felt the need to tell him and I didn't really get much of a response. I just, I felt very, uh, it's like, well, that's great. Now I was going to go back and tell people that I'm crazy, but, um, nothing like that ended up happening, but I kind of felt a little, I was like, you know, I feel a little bit better. Cause I talked about it. Cause I haven't really talked about it. I've told my wife and I told my kids, which I don't know if they're going to believe me or not. They're probably think I'm crazy too, but yeah, including your wife or do you probably, I think she thinks I'm crazy for other reasons, but <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I told like when it first happened, I told like my parents about it and I told a couple people about it and everyone just, they did all just kind of laugh. That's the stigma that comes with it. And that's, it's why I wanted to do my podcast because like, even when I talked to the guy on the survey crew, like I actually felt like it's a, something that I needed to do more or less for myself. Maybe I'm being selfish, but I felt like I wanted to start a podcast so I could hear other people's experiences. So I don't feel crazy myself. Yeah. And I felt better doing it. I was like, I'm giving people a platform to come on and talk about their experiences because maybe they're like me and they couldn't talk about it because of what people typically do. Like they laugh at you, they ridicule you. And I wanted to give them a place where they wouldn't get that. So that's why I started it. And then weirdly enough at the fairgrounds. Now this is the same road. This encounter happened. It's the Miami County 4-H fairgrounds. They had a paranormal convention. I was there this year and I was there last year. Well, there was another podcast that was there and they asked if I wanted to come on and talk about any strange things. I was like, well, I got a story for you about this very road. And that was the first time I ever talked about it publicly, but, they uh, they called me Brian in the description, so they didn't even give him the, the right name, <laughs> which is funny because uh, the book I had written, I wrote a book basically based off of what I do, and it's called 
Shadows of Cedarville. I'm not trying to like plug it in the sense of plugging it, but it's funny because I named the character Brian because they called me Brian. <laughs> and the whole first chapter is basically what happened to me on that. And then the story turns into the guy's a podcaster. He interviews these people and it builds up to dogman lore and then turns into like a horror story. So I 100% say it's not true. It's based off of eyewitness experience accounts but it's not like a true story mm-hmm. so and, it's a work of fiction but the initial aspect of the story is basically yeah. your experience and it's based on you yeah it's influenced from my personal experience and obviously there's other things that i use for influence too like i've listened to so many episodes of different dogman stuff just to try and build the backstory to it and so what's the name of the book i mean plug it Shadows of Cedarville. It's on Amazon. Apparently, it's on Barnes and Noble, and I have a copy right here. This is the Barnes and Noble version, which I don't like because for some reason the cover is off-centered. I don't know if you can see it. A lot of glare. Can't yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, that's what it looks like. But the front of the book, you see how the name is not centered. Yeah. It drives me crazy. Now, if you get it from Amazon, everything's square on it. It's centered. But for some reason, if you get it off anywhere else besides Amazon, it's not centered. I'm like, that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> but now it's like 150 pages. It's like $7.99. It's not that expensive. But I wrote it in four days. And the truth of the matter is I wrote it because someone on Reddit pissed me off. <laughs> when I wrote my encounter on Reddit, that's when I started sharing it around. Someone started critiquing how I wrote like, well, you didn't do a good enough description of what the thing even was. I don't even know what the shadow thing when walking in the road even supposed to look like. Well, how else can I describe it? I literally wrote like what it was, like a, a torso with legs and like, how else do you want me to do this? So they started critiquing my encounter. I was like, this isn't even like a work of fiction. Like literally this is what I experienced. And you're on here like trying to rip me a new one about how I wrote it. I was like, I'm not, I even commented back. I was like, well, I'm not a fucking writer. And then I like clicked in my head. It's like, well, now I'm going to be <laughs> because you've like inspired me to go and write this book. So I wrote the whole chapter as a book and I was like, you know, what? I'm going to just keep writing with it. So I'm a hyper fixator. So I spent the next four days writing this book and I used, uh, I wrote it all on notes on my phone and I kept emailing sections to myself. And I tried to put it together in Microsoft word. And then I used Grammarly. I downloaded a trial for that to make sure I spelled things correctly. And then, uh, I use like a chat bot to help me format everything. And then after it's all said and done, I realized that the chat bot decided to change certain words and stuff. So now the book sounds like I'm more intelligent than I actually am because it would make a suggestion. I just said, okay. <laughs> and then after I've gotten it back, I'm like, that motherfucker. It says like determination so many times and like trepidation. I was like, I've never even used that word trepidation in my life, but I put it in the book. I said it like 15 <laughs> times in the book. <laughs> So, word of advice for anyone listening: if you don't, ever don't use, a chat use AI bot, to write a book, <laughs> yeah, don't use AI to help you format a book because it's going to change things and try and make you sound more intelligent, but it makes you come off sounding even stupider. <laughs> uh, the one thing I did notice, though, like on the first page, there was a spelling error. It said like exploring. It said exploding. It went through three different spell checks and it still never noticed that certain things were spelled wrong. I was like, that's ridiculous. But it's apparently all grammatically correct in a spell check now because I actually went through it and it's supposed to be all good and finished and it's actually sold 
about 150 copies roughly. So nice. I'm kind of surprised. Congratulations. Yeah. Take that, Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> it's the second book that I had come out, but the first one I did back in the winter, but it's not really anything I wrote. I basically took the transcripts from a few interviews that I had done from the interviews mm-hmm. and basically um, I just put them in like book format. Like I just paste them over into Word and turn it into a book and it's just called Ten Foil Tales, but that didn't really sell anything. I wasn't even advertising it really to sell. I just, I wanted to have a book. I thought it was cool to have a book. So that's why I did that. But because I'd done that, I knew how to do it. So that's why the dude from Reddit decided, or I say dude, I could have been a lady. But whoever commented on Reddit, I was like, fuck you. I'm going <laughs> to write this book now. That's a crazy experience, dude. That's, that's strange and unusual for sure. Um, a lot of different components. I mean, the mouse is a, the mouse is a weird one. Um, the mouse is one of the creepiest things to me cause I physically touched it. So I know yeah. it was real. So like I said, and I say real in the sense of, I know it was there. Like I touched it and moved like it was solid. It wasn't right. an imagination thing. But I said, I, it's one of those instances where part of me is like, man, I wish this never happened. But at the same time, I would regret, I think if I knew I could change everything, I, I don't hate what I do. I enjoy what I do. So I don't know if I want to change anything just because I don't think if I had that, didn't have the experience, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I wouldn't be here talking with you right now. I wouldn't be doing a lot of the stuff that I do. Yeah. So it's like, kind of become my hobby well i've been i don't know blessed or blessed or burdened with um a number of things throughout my life that would constitute experiences with strange and unusual um and i i'm i'm in the same boat as you um I I don't think I'd change any of it. None of it has ever except except for the most recent thing that happened and that was just back in September. Um it, it always seemed to be around me. Um it was happening kind of off in, in my peripheral. Um, maybe, maybe so that I took notice of it. Maybe so I, I I would recognize that it was there. Um, and, but I never, I never had any experiences that truly terrified me or, or made me think, you know, Jesus, um, again, except for this what happened back in uh, September. My listeners have already heard about it. Um, it's probably something I'll cover with you uh, <clears throat> when when I come on your show. Um, but I don't know that I'd change any of it because I think, I think that it has given me a weirdly well-rounded perspective on, on this weird stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an intelligent guy. 
I am not prone to make believe. I am not prone to um, telling stories. I'm not prone to um, hallucinations or uh, drug use or any any kind of mind altering uh, stuff. Um, but I've had I've had a number of experiences and much like that person that you were talking about at the beginning of the show, uh, or maybe this was before we even started recording. Um, how could one person have so many experiences with so many different things? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where I was at, um, when I decided that I wanted to start talking to people about this stuff because I kind of, I kind of had this feeling that if I told somebody or anybody all of the things that I had had happen in my life, they would think I was absolutely out of my freaking mind. Crazy. Bonkers. Wacko. Fucking wackadoo. You know, put them away. (laughs) Um, And I think it gives me a really good perspective when I'm talking to people who have had experiences because I can relate to, I can relate to their experience. I can relate to the, the trepidation of, (laughs) of wanting to not talk about it publicly because they're afraid of the backlash that they're going to get. Um, And I don't care. I mean, I'm at the point now I will, you know, if president of the United States sat down in front of me, I'd be like, hey, you ever see a UFO? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about Bigfoot, Joe? (laughs) um, I don't, I just, I simply don't care. Um, I'm I'm not, maybe that's a maturity thing. Maybe that's an age thing uh, at 58 years old. I don't, I don't give a shit what what people are going to think of uh what i have to say um which i guess maybe isn't true because if i didn't care what people had thought i had to say then i wouldn't be doing a podcast but um in in those topics i guess you know it's it's a there's there's so many things and the more that you delve into it you know you you said your your interest in this stuff really hasn't has been around for a while but you really haven't started looking into it until you know you started doing the the podcast right um Mm -hmm. my interest in these things has has been more than just casual for a long long time um i've gone on paranormal uh uh, expeditions, I guess you'd call, or, you know, uh, exploring haunted houses and, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so I've gone looking for some things. Um, you're not going to catch my ass out in the middle of the woods with, you know, little to no protection against something that people report being seven and eight and nine foot tall and exceeds weight of six, seven, eight hundred pounds. Um, I am not interested in shitting my pants <laughs> at the sight of one of these things and, you know, potentially 
not being able to to cope with it um so do i go out investigating the woods looking for bigfoot no i've never said i have and i am not going to call myself a researcher because if you're not doing that on a regular basis and you're not doing any kind of scientific uh, um, study you have no right to call yourself a researcher um, and nor an expert um, i find it interesting i find it very interesting i think it's incredibly uh, it just make it, it it makes the world such a more interesting place with this stuff in it and the more you look into it and i guess this is for me this is probably more around the paranormal stuff um the more you look into it the more it looks back at you and even since starting this show, I will say that I've had some experiences that seem to have gotten more, more frequent, more often. Not necessarily big things, little things here and there, shadows, you know. Um, I, I, I truly do think that the more that you put yourself into that, the more that you're going to, the more you're going to see. It's um, kind of ironic in a sense. I won't use the word synchronicities because uh, that's the word's been being blown out of proportion <laughs> oh, these days. God, I know, but there, there's really no better word because coincidence doesn't coincidence no. doesn't cut it. And ever since Hellier came out, synchronicities yeah. is just freaking. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate using it, but it, it's, it's the only thing that really suits it. You, uh, what you just said about things looking back, I've said it before because on my podcast, when I first started, someone commented, it was just a random photo. It was on a Facebook group post and the person didn't use a real photo and they had some weird name or whatever. Said I really worry about you and your family. And I was like, I commented back. I was like, what is that supposed to mean? They're like, when you start looking into these things, sometimes they start looking back. Well, I'd mentioned that on an episode and I think I've said it a few different times because I've talked with people. They're like, why don't you go out and do investigations? Like, because I'm not the type of person that wants to go and start looking into these things. And I don't know what I'm going to bring home. I was like, I've already been warned. When you start looking into things, these things start looking back. Right. Well, I interviewed someone last night and uh, they brought that up. They said, you said it before. It's, it's really it's something I really uh, stuck with me is when uh, you uh, start looking into these things. Sometimes things start looking back. They're like, I really believe in that. I was like, Yeah. I was like, I've said it a few times because someone said it to me. And I was like, I think it's actually an old proverb written by a. Uh, I don't know who the actual person that wrote it was, but I, it's it's been around a long time. I didn't invent it. Trust me. <laughs> someone uh, someone had said it to me on a comment that's what got that whole thing started when you just said it, i was like man that is that's strange because literally my interview last night was someone brought this said the same exact thing it, it, it's very true um it, i i mean that's all i can say is it is it's true um the more, I, the more you notice the more it notices you i will uh 
agree to that because without taking up too much time, there is a little bit of something else that I can bring up. Once I started doing this podcast, my kids, and I, I almost quit doing the podcast. And I did take a couple months hiatus back in the spring into the summer from doing this podcast because my daughter started having issues sleeping, starting to have like bad dreams and everything. This isn't the first time since we've lived here. When we first moved in, we were having issues. Like she was only, she was almost two when we moved in. We'd only lived here for about a week, and this is a newer place. It was built in 1978 or 79. As far as I know, no one's ever passed away while they've been here. The people we bought the house from have been here since like the early 90s, and they were still alive. So there wasn't that much time between different owners. There's only been like two or three different owners. Well, when we first moved in, I was painting the kitchen, and I had my schnauzer, my little mini schnauzer, which... We had to put him down like the first three months we lived here. But at the time we moved in and um, he was the type of dog that would growl and bark if a leaf blew across the yard. He would see it and he'd freak out. Well, he's in the in the room with me and he goes into the living room and just starts growling. And there's a spot in the living room that still does it. If you walk in there, it goes... The floor creaks because they put a wood floor in there and they obviously didn't do it well enough to where it doesn't make a creak noise. There's a certain spot you step in, it creaks. Well, I heard this when I'm in the house. I'm by myself. I hear this creak and he starts growling and barking. I was like, someone in there? So I go into the living room. There's nothing there. And he's just barking at nothing. My hair stands up on my, like, well, that's creepy. So I was like, come here, Jack. I go bring him in the kitchen with me and just ignored it. And then it's maybe a week or so after we'd moved in the house. We still even have these up the windows in our bedroom, my wife and I's bedroom. They're the old pull down blinds and they roll up. Mm-hmm. We were laying in bed. We had the blind pulled down and our daughter's in the room next to us. And we have a baby monitor. It's got a camera on it. And obviously you can hear her now. Again, this is, I understand how things can play out and with me being the type of person I am these days, like I can way overthink things. The blind in our bedroom shot up by itself. I think it's only done that one other time in the three years we've lived here. Scared the shit out of my wife and I, we were laughing about it because we're laying in bed and that thing just shoots up, freaks us out. So we're laughing. We lay back down and through the baby monitor, Within five to ten minutes, I hear, and she hears it too, it says, mine. Deep, manly, evil-sounding voice saying mine. I was like, the fuck it is? And I went and got my daughter and brought her in the bed with us. She stayed with us. That creeped me out because I'm like, she's not yours. Right. Now, I know you can pick up other signals from trucks or whatever with baby monitors they claim. So I was like... Did it pick up a random voice? Never heard it again. It's never made another voice. We still use it for my son. He's two. I've never heard anything like that again. A few days after this had happened, uh, my wife was changing her, and there's three big scratch marks right down her back. Oh. And 
the three is significant to me because that seems demonic in a sense because it's like mar- ma- the mocking of the Holy Trinity is what I've always interpreted to that, that being with the mocking of three. So I went through the whole house. I called this thing a pussy. I called it whatever I could think of. I tried to banish it. I said, get out of this house. You're not welcome here. How dare you come after a, a baby? Like, what kind of a pussy spirit are you or whatever for attacking a child? If you want to attack something, come attack me. We never had any issues since then. So was there something here and I actually made it leave? Or is it still just waiting around to come and attack me one of these days? I don't know. It's been over three years. We've never had any instances. Well, I started doing this podcast and she started having all these night terrors again. She wouldn't sleep in her room. Kept having bad dreams. Kept it was just she'd cry at school. She loved going to school. She'd just be crying. Like she was just super emotional. And it was just out of nowhere. And it kind of coincided with me. It was right after that person had told me, I'm going to start bringing stuff into the house. And I was like, Am I really causing this because of what I'm looking into? I'm, am I opening myself up to bring stuff back with me. I was like, I'm not going out and investigating, but because I'm talking to people about stuff like this, is it bringing in this negative energy into the house? So I just debated on just stopping it. I was like, for the sake of my family, I was like, I don't want to, I want to deal with it. So I stopped doing the podcast for a couple months and I have another podcast I do that's music related. It has nothing to do with like paranormal or anything strange. And we were focused on doing that one. And then I decided I'm going to start doing this again. Like I already had enough episodes recorded, so I wasn't recording anything anyways. But there was no more instances where she was fine. She went back to sleep and everything. So then I started up again recently doing this podcast back in, I think, June or July again. And lo and behold, she started having these issues. My youngest and old mouse sleep in bed with his mom and I. She'll come crawling in our bed. They never did any of this stuff before. So again, I'm wondering, is it because of what I'm doing? If it makes them, is it something like bothering them? Are you, so having, are you having conversations with your wife in front of the kids about the interviews that you're talking about? And, oh, I had this guy on that was no. you know, talking about ghosts and stuff like that in front of them. No, um, she's, she's only four and he's only two. The two bigger kids, they're literally ones in the room behind me. He's about to be 11. The other one's on the other side. She's 13. They hear what I talk about, but they don't ever have any issues. So it just seems to be the two youngest ones. You know, I'm no expert. <laughs> um, I do. I probably should do it all the time. Um, but I only really do it when I have a good idea of what I'm going to be running into as far as during a conversation with one of my guests. Um, I will, I will do a, a, this is like a spiritual little, just energy booster kind of, you know, my little way of trying to protect my equipment, protect myself, protect, uh, the guest from anything. I don't know if it works. Um, I have, I have friends of mine that, um, have 
told me, you know, basically to bubble yourself <clears throat> going into certain kind of conversations and, and I do it. Um, does it hurt anything? Nope. Does it help? Might. So yeah. why not? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a part of me that, that feels just having a conversation with somebody through, through a much like what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're completely different place than I am. And, you know, can something reach out through, through this electronic equipment? And, uh, you know, if you had some kind of a negative attachment, could it reach out to me? I, that's a hard one to wrap my head around. I, I would doubt that it could, but I mean, if it's spirit, um, then who's to say? It may be able to. Um, I I try to take precaution, uh, whether it's necessary or not, whether it works or not. Um, I feel better doing it. So <laughs> um, I've never really thought or considered anything about it. Like again, with me being more skeptical than anything, I've always kind of wrote that stuff off as like I mean. Is it possible? I mean, maybe, but I never kind of like what you said, I don't think something could come through a computer screen at me. And, but again, I don't know. I mean, I, I will, I, I guess I do have to say, um, so I was having a conversation with uh, a, a man and a woman. Um, and uh, after the, after the uh, interview was done, we were still on, uh, we were still on video with each other and I saw from, I have, I have like a cockpit here in my studio where my, my dual screens and my computer are. Um, and, and from behind that, uh, and it was like, it is here. It's a dark room. All the lighting is behind me. Um, so really seeing behind the computer is everything is very dark. And I saw what looked like a, the silhouette of a head pop up from behind my computer screens. Um, did not like that. Um, but when I'd have to go back and look at the, the video or the audio, um, it was either just before or just after when I was looking at them on their screen, I saw a shadow move across the woman in the screen. Like the shadow was there at their, where they were at (laughs) and it, it crossed in front of her and she was one that had had some kind of, um, some kind of issues with an entity. At the time that I said I saw the, the shadow, she, on their screen looking at me, saw a bright flash. And there was no flash here. I didn't see any flash. But I did see what I thought was a head pop up beyond my, my computer screens. Um, so that, that, was a, that was a very strange... 
set of uh, coincidences or synchronicities. Um, You know, she saw something on the screen on my end. I saw something on the screen on her end. And then I saw this. And it was was not a very pleasant, it was not a very pleasant thing. Um, So due to that, that's why I continued to do my little my little thing to to bubble me up and um, protect my equipment, protect me, keep my house safe. I mean, I have no problem going into a haunted location and doing an investigation. Um, I've never, in in the few times that I've done it, I've never run into any kind of. Uh, I've I've gotten like you know a little bit of jump scares or I've gotten the goose flesh, you know. Um, I've had some, I've got some pretty cool evidence, uh, you know, responses and stuff like that to, uh, EVPs and, and, uh, EMF meters and stuff. Um, but I've never, <clears throat> never once ran into anything that was, uh, negative feeling like when I was doing that. And I think if I did, uh, that would be the end of it for me because, I don't want anything coming back to this house. This is my, this is my kingdom. This is where I am safe and this is where I can relax. And, um, even though I had some experiences after my dad passed here in this house, um, I've never had anything necessarily like negative, uh, associated with that, but that that was a creepy crawly and I did not like that. So <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm 100% not even being a bullshitter, but just out of the periphery, I, I, I'm going to blame it on my dog. I heard the dog upstairs moving, but I just seen like a, there's a vent straight across and it's basically just an air vent from the basement that flows from the heat up there. I just seen where that vent is. There's like, there's just a little bit of light and I seen it go a little dark and then back to the light again. But I hear the dog upstairs moving. So I'm going to say the dog walked by the vent. <laughs> That's my explanation. <laughs> while you were talking, I seen it out of the corner of my eyes. Like seriously, what the fuck? <laughs> But I can hear the dog up there moving, so I'm just going to blame that on old Siri up there. <laughs> Brandon, we're at uh, we're coming up close to two hours here. Um, let's uh, let's let's wrap this one up. I know we were going to get into some uh, some other things, but uh, let's let's hold on to that and save that for a for another episode. Do me a favor before uh, before we get out of here. Let everybody know where they can find you. Uh, where they can get your book again and uh, anything you've got coming up uh, that people would be interested in. Well, if you want to check out the podcast, it's called Tinfoil Tales. Tinfoil is one word. I know it's spelled one word or, or two words. It depends on, I think, where you're at geographically. But you also need to be aware that apparently there is also a tinfoil tells based out of Australia, which I was not aware of when I made the podcast. But there's focuses on their government and anti-government movements down there. So if you come across it and it sounds like I have an accent, that's not me. (laughs) That's definitely the Australian anti-government podcast that goes on. But it is available on obviously all the streaming platforms. So Apple, Spotify, whatever other ones are out there. iHeartRadio, I think anywhere you can listen to uncomfortable, you can listen to tinfoil tales. Yep. And, uh, I do have the YouTube as well. So that is 
the easiest way to find it. You can go to tinfoiltales.com too. It'll just take you to my red circle page where you can stream it from there as well. But um, the book, again, is called Shadows of Cedarville. It's heavily influenced from eyewitness accounts. So my account is like the first chapter and then some of the other, like the guy, Brian, the main character, he interviews other people like in the couple next chapters. So it kind of runs down and builds some lore about this dog man instances. And then it just turns into like a psychological horror story. It's only like 150 pages. It's only $7.99 on Amazon. It is available otherwhere, like in Barnes and Noble and other retailers. But for some reason, the book is cover is not centered. So I don't <laughs> recommend getting that and just get it from Amazon. Go, go by the ones from uh, Barnes and Noble because the off center cover, they could end up being a collector's edition sometime. <laughs> I, people think because you sell a book, you make a lot of money. I've sold, uh, I've gotten royalties for selling this book. I've sold five copies out of country and I've made eight cents per copy. <laughs> wow. I, I, I got a statement. There was four copies sold in the UK from Barnes and Noble or whatever website it came off of. And each copy I got eight cents. And then one was sold in Germany. So I got eight cents for that. I was like, wow, I've made 40 cents off of selling five books. It is Now you said you've sold what, 150 copies. I would hope that the sales in the U S you're getting a little bit more than that. Not as much as you would think. Um, I get a Amazon takes a, because the cost of making it and then they take a, 40 60 percent cut or whatever so i think i only get like maybe 40 percent when it's all said and done so i've made maybe 100 and something dollars off of 150 books the first batch was like 40 something and the last one was like 30 something i think they owe me like another 40 something bucks so maybe right around 100 dollars or something i didn't write it for the money purposes that's why it's only 7.99 just because i wanted to cover the cost of them to make it and everything else but I just think it's cool to have a book. Like I said, I'm not an author. Everyone's like, oh, you're going to write a sequel? You're going to write another book? I was like, no, probably not. <laughs> like, unless someone else on Reddit pisses me off, then maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am on Reddit, too, and all the socials. So there is a Facebook, Instagram. I, I hate social media, so don't act- actually expect me to be very interactive. But if you message me on there, uh, I'll respond back. And if anyone wants to come on an episode and have something to talk about shoot me a message get something scheduled that way all right brandon well i appreciate you taking your time and uh coming in here and talking with me about this it was a it was an interesting story kind of still trying to wrap my head around that whole thing i've been trying it for almost 17 years now it's a I don't think I'll ever actually know. That's the one thing that does bother me is I just want to know answers. Like that's if I could find out it was just the dog and be like, awesome. It was just the dog. Yeah. But I, at this rate, I don't don't think I'll ever know. So, but no, I appreciate you having me on here. It's been a blast. We're going to do this again. Uh, what about five days uh, for your yep. audience, and uh, then we've got something kind of cooking in the background to mm-hmm. uh, to delve into deeper because you you and I both have uh, 
have touched on this subject. Uh, yeah. They're so. the only other person I know of that's actually uh, had anything available about it. So, again, we'll just use that synchronicities word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just as long as no blue star balloons start floating around in my front yard or in my uh, in the bushes, we'll, we'll be all right. So Yeah. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 